Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, everyone, to another Welcome to the J episode with a very important guest. Uh, I'm so happy to have him on. Uh, before we get into all that, make sure you follow and like the Fearless 68 Media Network, where you can have content such as this, where different individuals are representing their alma maters, like I love to do every single week. This is our sixth guest of season two of the Welcome to the J podcast. He scored 824 points, 446 rebounds, 48 blocks, and 30 steals in a Blue Jay uniform. He tied the team in lead for 45 threes as a freshman. He also had big-time dunks against rival Nebraska <laughs> junior that shocked the entire state. He was a first-team All-State as a senior uh, in high school, averaging 20 points and 12 rebounds that year, including a 33-point performance. In his high school career, he scored 1,213 points and had 500 career rebounds at Berlin High. He is the pride of Berlin, Wisconsin. Toby Tobias Hegner. Welcome hey. to the day, brother. What a fucking intro. I love that, Man. bro. Thank you. You got, I, like, I, I got... I got chills right now, dude. Like it's been a minute <laughs> since I've heard something like that. <laughs> you know, I had to do it, bro. People no, forget. Yeah. Like, I, I love to give intros like that because I think people forget the reason why we were even recruited. Like, some of us had like yeah. crazy high school careers that people kind of forget about, and the reason why we're in those positions and whatnot. So, I love to just remind the people every time I get a chance. How are you, bro? Dude, I'm good. I'm good. Loving, loving life. You know, doing mm-hmm. all the important things in life. What about you, man? How's uh, how's how's Europe? Man, I'm chilling, bro. Europe is Europe. I, I it's my eighth year playing pro, so I'm kind of used to it now. It's become like a repetitive thing, so. Just hooping, still kind of living the dream a little bit, you know, trying to hold my own the best as I can. <laughs> Doing all the important things. Doing all the important things, bro. I, I'm so happy you're on. I've been waiting to get you on for quite a while. You definitely have to come back on once we're through with this. But I feel like this episode is going to be a banger. You feel me? Definitely. Definitely. I'm all about uh, it. Before we get super into your career and the things that you've done as a Blue Jay, we have to talk about the NDSU game that we just saw a couple of nights or last night, I guess. Uh, the Jays beat NDSU 80 to 55. Uh, they held them to 35% shooting while shooting 52% from the field and 40% from three themselves. I know you had a chance to watch the game a little bit. What was your first reaction uh, to what you saw? You know, it was consistent. You know what I mean? We, we, we put up 40 in the first half, and I believe we put up 40 in the second half. And mm-hmm. overall percentages were basically the same i mean i want to say uh looking at it actually it was 51 percent in the first half and 53 in the second half i mean offensively it doesn't get much better than that um defensively we we just weren't locked in completely the first half but um you know you, you look at the second half they, they turned it up for sure i mean they only held them to 23 points in the second half which if you do that to a lot of teams in the country you're gonna win a lot of games no doubt about that that's Let's go right from there. Defensively, they look great in the second half. That's also something that I wanted to mention. The boys look like they're really flying around and communicating out there. I know how important that is for a Coach Mack-led team, especially with communication. That's something that he stresses and preaches. You and I have heard it for four <laughs> years. You've heard it for Facts. five years. Uh, when you see you know, the things that Coach Mack loves to implement in practice translate into games, does that give you more uh, confidence that the Jays could – provide defense like that as the year goes on no definitely I mean there's going to be ups and downs with a young team um my my freshman year was like that um you know we went on a nine game spell where we didn't win a game and we lost them all by within six points um so Mm -hmm. you know it's there's going to be ups and downs with a team like this but you 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 gotta you gotta stick with the process trust the coach trust the kids he's recruiting and just in all just trust the process and things are gonna go the way they need to go um, you know, they had eight steals. I mean, that's a positive um, with a point guard like Ryan. I mean, there's a lot of potential. There's just a lot of potential. <laughs> and you add seven foot. I don't even know what he is. You add seven foot two, seven, seven, one. I mean, that's <laughs> positive. A big thing about their defense, obviously, is the return of Sharif Mitchell. Yes. He's though some injuries kind of early on in the season he's still working his way back but it's just so good to see him out on the floor we all know what he can provide defensively uh what does that do for the Jays to see somebody like him kind of manning the defense at the very top of the key the way that he does I don't know what it is about Omaha guys and knowing how to play defense so 
so good. I mean, you think about, yeah. I mean, Justin was a presence at the rim. I don't care what anybody mm-hmm. says. He was a presence. I mean, well, you, you go to Kyrie fence, no doubt about that. And then you, you had somebody like Sharif who, who is fast and just, he wants to play defense. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of people, I mean, I, I coach high schoolers right now and there's a lot of people that don't want to play defense or the defensive end of the floor. I mean, it's, it's not fun. Yeah. It's exhausting. <laughs> But mm-hmm. I mean, somebody's got to do it, and the, these Omaha guys—they definitely want to do it, and they know how to do it for sure. It's kind of like those Canadians. Now, there's something in that tap water in Omaha, because trust me, I came from Canada. I didn't want to play defense before <laughs> I got there. <laughs> and the truth, dead here on December second, the truth has finally come out. Listen, coming out of high school, man, I was just trying to get a bucket, but <laughs> I mean. Uh, every player has their different roles, right? One of the big reasons why yeah. I took such I took such pride on the defensive end of the court was one of my early meetings with Coach Mack, where he really stressed, like, look, we have more than enough offensive talent on this on this team. If you want to get on the floor, you really have to separate yourself on the defensive end, and that's certainly you know what I took pride on uh, since that day, basically, and it just kind of carried me on through my whole career. But like I said, I'm no, I'm certainly no Kyrie. I'm definitely no Sharif. Those guys have instincts that I, I don't think I ever had. It's in my crazy. Day. It's absolutely it's, crazy. It, it's insane. Like the way that he just moves directions so easily. And he's not even at a hundred percent yet from what we're seeing. Man, I, I can't wait until he gets healthy. I mean, with the battle, the battle of the foot injury and then now the groin, mm-hmm. like I, I feel like where he's at. Um, so, I mean, it's, as soon as he gets healthy, it's going to be great. I mean, that's going to, that's going to sell the team from being good to, to de- very, very good really quickly, mm-hmm. I believe, because you're, you're, you're now getting depth and in the, in the lead, like the big East, you need depth. Yeah. You mentioned Cog Brenner already. He definitely had a, a big game, 17 points, only missed one shot, shot seven of eight from the field, a couple of big dunks in there as well. Uh, he's definitely finally showing some of the signs that we were all anticipating uh, going into this year, having played for Team USA in the summer, uh, the under-19 team, and now translating into his sophomore year. What are some of the things that you saw from him, especially in the second half, that you really like? I want to say growth. I mean, not only on the offensive end, you know, going seven of eight is is crazy, but I mean, just defensively being a presence, you know, you're, you're that big, you need to be a presence. And, and I think he's starting to learn that. And Matt does such a good job with, with big men, excluding myself who couldn't jump over a phone book, but, <laughs> um, but I mean, Matt does such a good job developing big man. I mean, you can't, I mean, you look at his son, you look at, you yeah. look at Justin, you know, Justin's had a good career, not a great career post college, but he's starting to click now that he's getting healthier too. You know, I think that's mm-hmm. the same thing that's going to happen for Ryan when he, when he finally hits that stride, I think this year is going to be a big growth year for him and it needs to be um, because ultimately that's, what's going to turn this team from, you know, a sweet 16 run last year to hopefully something bigger here, you know, in the next mm-hmm. this year or even years to come. Before we move on to the next topic, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at bet rivers Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with bet rivers yet, now's the time because they're offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. With their new Rush Pay instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure, and more reliable. With basketball season tipping off, get in on the action by going to betrivers.com today or by downloading the BetRivers iOS app. You must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call telephone number 1-800-GAMBLER. Other Jays who contributed uh, wonderfully, Arthur Kaluma, 11 points, Ryan Nemhard, 10.6 assists, Alex O'Connell, 10.4 rebounds, Streif Mitchell, 9.2 assists off the bench. So you mentioned depth already. Uh, how good does it feel to see numerous Jays, you know, put their imprint on the game? And, you know, that's not to mention Ryan uh, Hawkins, who, you know, didn't play his best game as a Jay, but we certainly know what he can provide. And, you know, I just mentioned Arthur Kaluma with 11 points. I don't think we've seen his best basketball yet either. No. So, the again, I'm going to ask athletic. you. And very talented. I had a chance oh to be around him this God, summer dude. a little bit. And believe me, from what I'm seeing, like, he hasn't even uh, been close yet to, to scratching his potential. So, Jeez. with that being said, I'm going to ask you again, confidence meter is 0 to 10. How do you feel about, you know, the Jays' depth and 
seeing a whole bunch of guys being able to contribute on a night in night out night in night out basis man i mean i'm confident in him you know i've got a lot of respect and confidence in coach mac and what he brings to the table you know i'm i'm around a seven seven eight for this squad at this moment um you know there's still a lot of a lot of ifs you know i mean this is the first i think the second game this year where they've actually taken a little bit of pride and blown a team out you know there's just been a lot of close calls which which is good because it's teaching them they got to win those games so I'm, i am worried about the big east because the big east this year dude is i've watched almost every team play they are talented. good dude <laughs> yeah like, like i was like last year i was like i was on the fence about the big east being really good but geez they came back and just said yeah we're I mean, I don't know what the the score was between the Big Ten Big East game, but I mean, you're competing with a Power Five conference. Six two, baby. Big so, East took I it mean, easily. I was talking to my my assistant coach, uh, Coach AU, um, for my old team, and um, I was talking to my assistant's coach. He's a big Badger guy, huge Badger yeah. guy. Um, so I was talking to him, and I'm like, "Hey, you know what? It was I went and watched a couple of my kids play, and I'm like, hey, you know what? Like." Uh, I'm pretty sure the Big East beat the Big Ten this year. You know, it was it was pretty substantial too. So I mean, does that make the Big East superior, or or is it just you know a one time thing? He's like, oh, get get out of here. The freaking the Big Ten's always going to be superior. <laughs> I just had to rattle the cage a little bit to see where he was at. Hey, trust me, I have a teammate here that played at Ohio State. So during that entire week, I was talking smack about how trash the Big Ten is and all yeah. that. So believe me, I like. I was doing the exact same thing. So then when Xavier went down there and beat Ohio State, I was on his head the next oh day, bro. Oh, oh, you already know. Like, I, I do, came into bro. the locker room talking so much smack. So, oh my God. yeah, uh, like the biggies all around, I think, uh, as improved from the year before, I would agree with you on that statement for sure. It's going to be a tough – they have a tough road ahead of them, to say the least. Bro, did you watch any of the Seton Hall Michigan game? Like Seton Hall is mm-hmm. dangerous. I mean, yeah. and then you bring in squads like Villanova and Xavier. I mean, you know, I watched Georgetown play a little bit. Georgetown's always they've always got it. It's just sometimes they don't bring it every night. So I mean, God, it's mm-hmm. gonna be as soon as I mean big big East play starts here in a couple of weeks. I mean, it's gonna get freaking nuts. Um- I'm really excited to see it. Before that, obviously, we know that the Jays are seven and one right now. They got the toughest sure. part of their schedule coming up. You know, you could say that for a young team uh, playing, let's call it, a little bit of a lesser competition leading up to this point has been good for them because they've had to learn how to win close games. They had to stick together in tough situations. We saw them go on the road and beat Nebraska, uh, which I know you absolutely love. You know that I absolutely love. I think every uh, Blue Jay got- player loves that. Yeah. I, I, don't think, got, I don't think it's just us, bro. I think it's every <laughs> one of us. They got Iowa State coming up on Saturday. Uh, going into this tough stretch, what is uh, some of the advice that you can give, you being someone that's been on a young Jays team who's had to face a top 25 uh, opponent at home and deliver that upset on multiple occasions, might I add, what is some of the advice as you, Toby Hegner, someone who's gone through that situation a couple of times, can give this young team? Man, you know what? It's 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 trust the coaching staff is the biggest mm-hmm. thing. But you know, before I want to say it was my senior year, we played Villanova. They were number one, and I believe they won it that year. And we were mm-hmm. playing them at home late February, and there was something happened you know we were watching film or something and somebody got up on the scorer's table and started screaming and shouting yeah we're here kind of thing you know Mm -hmm. I I went to being a senior I went to the group and I'm like guys we're not going to this game with that kind of mindset we're going in like we belong here we've been Mm -hmm. here we deserve to be here so we ain't gonna we're gonna beat these guys we ain't gonna jump on tables we ain't gonna scream in their face we're gonna shake their Mm hands say good job and see in the NCAA tournament Right. And I think that's the biggest thing, attitude you got to have. Act like you've been there. Act like you deserve to be there. And all the dominoes are going to fall into the right place. Don't don't become somebody that you're not. Trust the coaches. Trust the guy to your left and your right. And you just got to battle together. It's a war, dude. If you don't trust the people around you, it ain't going to be successful. Uh, one of those upsets was against Oklahoma your freshman year. <laughs> I remember losing my mind. I was in Romania at the time. 
Uh, there was my first experience of staying up till like four o'clock in the morning to watch the boys play, knowing full well that I had practice four hours later. Uh, you know that the now shy health center is going to be rocking. What do you expect sure. that environment to, to feel like for such a young team who I don't think they haven't seen anything such as that? Maybe, you know, O'Connell playing at Duke, Ryan Hawkins being a Division II champ. Um, you know, those guys have, have certainly had that kind of experience, but not in a Blue Jay uniform. So what do you expect? How, did, how is the team going to respond? Dude, when I know you know this, but when the crowd gets into the game, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind. You hear it, and you just you just fuel off of it, and you just you mm-hmm. you you start to become. It's almost like an out of body uh, an out of body experience, dude. Like you just start. You're more locked in. You're more focused. You're just you're ready to go to war. You're looking at the guy next to you. You're looking at the guy to your left, right, and you're like, "Let's get it. This is we yeah. need to. We got eighteen thousand people behind us. They've got ten sitting on their bench. Let's get it." So, I mean, it's, it's going to be popping. I'm so excited to watch it. Um, I got a lot of uh, Iowa state fans in my, in my family. I played with a couple of guys that went to Iowa state. Um, so I'm definitely, definitely going to be talking, talking that smack. Yeah. I'm definitely going to be tuned in for sure. You already know. Mm-hmm. Toby, I gotta ask you, bro. Obviously we talked a little bit about your career in the open, but I need to know when did basketball really start to matter for you? Like how, what age were you at where you're like, Hey, I'm, I'm pretty good at this thing. And if I keep improving, you know, there's some goals that I could certainly reach. Yeah, definitely. So I, I started playing ball. God, I was probably in third grade. I always played basketball, but I started playing competitive ball back in third grade, but I played up cause I was a little bit taller. I wasn't much taller, but I was, I was pretty average height until probably like seventh, eighth grade um, going into my freshman year of high school. But, you know, it was, it was just a, I was a kid. I wanted to play sports. I had a bunch of good friends. So I kind of stuck with that friend group for a long time. And then, you know, seventh, I think it was like seventh grade, we had a tournament or something and I just put up a stupid number. Uh, (laughs) And uh, an AU coach was there or something watching one of his kids play on the other team. And he was like, Hey, you should come and try out for our team. And my dad's like, what, what the hell is AU? (laughs) So we were kind of like just thrown into the situation. And, um, you know, I went to tryouts. I I made the B team, if you want to call it a so-called B team. Um, So I played that year with them, got better. And then I was like, screw this dude. I can compete with those other guys. Like there's no doubt in my mind. And that kind of just flipped a switch. And I'm just like, boom, here we go about eighth grade year, I just started to, I devoted a lot of my life to it. You know, I, I ran cross country in the fall to, to believe it or not a six, six kid freshman year running cross country. Crazy. I still ran an 18 minute, three mile. I was God tier, but yeah. I did it because I wanted to stay in shape. And, and I felt like that was the best way to do it. I didn't want to play football. Football was big in my school, but like, I'm not like, I'm going to go bro. Like I'm going to go tear an ACL. I'm going to go break up hand you know just something stupid Mm -hmm. so I'm like I'm not gonna do that so I I ran um worked out kind of stuff like that um but then I mean my recruiting year took off my freshman year like I I remember the day coach Mack this is crazy but I remember the day the moment that coach Mack offered me because Creighton was one of those schools that wasn't high on me um but then I kind of started progressing and I grew um I was Mm -hmm. actually standing in the line registering to a UNI basketball camp when coach Matt called and gave me. So I was like on the phone and Ben Jacobs was, was the coach. And he's mm-hmm. like, Oh, who's that? And I'm like, Oh, it's Mac. You want to talk to him? And, and <laughs> he said, he said, nah, I'm good. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. he just, he just shot me an offer to, to come play for him. And he's like, Oh, it's right. kind of funny. We were going to offer you two this weekend. <laughs> now, imagine that. Imagine Bro, that. Exactly. So it just took off from there. And, and then I just got more and more devoted as it came freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year. I love that story because it kind of, you know, it's a beautiful segue to the next question that I love to ask every guest is what other schools were you looking at, obviously, before choosing CU? And then what made you decide to choose Crane in, in the end? So I've been asked this question by a lot of people. The kids that I'm coaching mm-hmm. now, they're like, how did you know? Like, what are you looking for? Stuff like that. And, um, you know, CU was the first team that believed in me. So it was a mm-hmm. big thing in my eyes. I always wanted somebody to believe in me. 
because, you know, it's, it's always been me in my corner. Yeah. You had my family and stuff and in my town and, and that, but like, I never had anybody else in my corner. And I'm like, you know what? I, I, I need somebody there. I need someone to fight for me. Cause I'm going to fight for them. Um, mm-hmm. so you know, I was, I think I had like 30 something offers by the time I was done playing or whatever. And, and, you know, Boston college was huge on me. Um, I don't remember who the coach was at the time because it was <laughs> 10 years ago, almost now. Yeah. <laughs> um, even more. Um, but Boston college was huge. Iowa state actually was, was a contender. Um, my buddy, Matt Thomas, who's playing for the bulls right now, went there, um, just kind of was a, a thing where I'm like, dude, we kill it in AU. We could go kill it at the college level and just kind of keep building this relationship. But mm-hmm. um, it was between Dayton was huge, obviously kind of pre OB era where they weren't good, but they weren't great. Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously I had some, some smaller schools and stuff like that. But um, the reason I picked Creighton man is, is the coaching staff. Murph is actually my, my, my coach that recruited me. I'm, I was his last recruit and me mm-hmm. and Murph have that bond where I can call him today. He'll answer. We'll just shoot the shit for a couple hours. And that's just kind of how it is. And that's how it was with all the coaches that were there. And that's how it is with all the coaches that, you know, were there through my five years. Um, but ultimately it was the culture. I mean, you, you play in front of 17,000 people a night. It doesn't get much better than that. It's coming hard from, to say no to that, isn't it? <laughs> coming, coming from a town of 5,000 people. I came from, right. I, lived, I lived in a village. Like my house was in a village that was incorporated. Mm-hmm. Went to yeah. school in a town of 5,000 people to then go to Omaha of, you want to say a million people. To play in front of 18,000 people was just like, that was the world to me. And, you know, the education by far has taken me more places um, than I could ever imagine. So, I mean, it's, it just ultimately was the right choice. You know, I thought Missouri Valley was really good for me because I, I, mm-hmm. I truly believe that I was good enough to excel at that level. Um, obviously we, we transitioned right into the big East. Yeah. Right away. Right. As soon as you committed, we was gone. Yeah. It was like, it was crazy, dude. It was like not even a year later that they, they went into this transition and I'm like, I'm looking at my dad and I'm like, the fuck, excuse my French. Um, no, you're fine. The big East dude, like dad, do you think I can do, can I compete there? And he's Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, but you're going to have to freaking try. And I'm like, all right, well, Oh, drop me off kind of thing so you know there was a lot of doubt when I showed up on campus because I was a Missouri Valley recruit just like Zach Hansen and the rest of my freshmen I mean you yeah there's I mean yeah the, the my, that whole class that you kind of inherited before we all left we were all Valley boys too we all had exactly. to learn yeah. and we took our lumps in a valley too to get to where we got to in the Big East eventually but Definitely. yeah I, I kind of now that you mentioned it and you saying that you were recruited for the Missouri Valley, like the more that I think about it, the more it sort of kind of makes sense to me because, you know, you are kind of the prototypical guy that Coach Mack was looking for as a Valley, a big who can really stretch the floor, you know, in switching situations who can hold his own when, when asked to, you know, we're not going to ask you to do it all the time, but there's going to be times down the stretch where, you know, you're really going to have to sit down in the chair. We, they probably felt like you were capable of doing that, uh, but then we just transitioned to the biggies and that kind of changes everything. But no, I could definitely see what the coaching staff was going after. I, 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 I have to like, you know, looking back at it, I don't give myself enough credit because like I was a Missouri Valley recruit who played in a biggie school, like all five years, you know, right. the, the Darian Harris is God bless his soul. You know, he had to leave, you know, Zach Hansen stayed, but you know, the Johnny Burns is the walk-on, you know, we had six walk-ons that year that all had mm-hmm. to leave because it wasn't just, it wasn't going to fit, you know? So mm-hmm. like the Tyler Clements, the Zach Hansons, the, the me's, you know, dug in, put our claws into, into the meat and said, we're, we're here. Yeah, you, aren't, we're you, aren't, you aren't kicking us out. We're yeah. out, we're an outwork everybody we can, and we're going to earn our role. And I think that goes kind of unnoticed because like you said, nobody, nobody really thinks about that. Like mm-hmm. I could have had like reminiscing on it. Like I could have had a great career in the Missouri Valley. You know, I could have played the four or the five where in mm-hmm. the big East, I think what Mac and I have figured out my senior year is I'm better at the five because I can defend somebody bigger than me. I'm going to do my job better at the five. And mm-hmm. for some reason, all these freaking big East teams want to put six, six, four men out there who are <laughs> stupid fast. 
Newsflash, Jay. I'm not yeah. that fast. Yeah, I but figured I that part out rookie year or freshman year, I should say. I was there for my jumper and my jumper only. Okay. <laughs> Pound it. Oh man. But no, Bro, I mean we... it's just there's a lot of stuff that goes unnoticed. And and I, mm-hmm. I I truly like reminiscing looking back on it now that I've been out of it for so long. I'm like, I'm I can't even be mad about my career. You know, I could have been a thousand point store. Yeah, whatever, you know, but I lived my best life. And that's what I tell everybody that asks me, like, why aren't you playing injuries? And I've lived my best life, dude. I can't, I don't regret a single decision I made. And that's important. We we were teammates just for that year. Uh, I know every incoming freshman wants to come in and have a positive impact on the team, but you know, you and the coaching staff spoke about it. You decided mutually to retreat that year. Talk to me about how tough a retro season year for someone like you who's so competitive. Like, I remember you and Doug and Ethan used to battle, and, you know, you got the short end of the stick most of the time. I'm not going to lie to you. But you were in there battling every day trying to get better. So how difficult of a decision was it for you? And what did you learn about yourself during that year? I'm still close with Doug um, because and Ethan because of Mm -hmm. of that. And you, I'm really close with you guys. Like, that class was like – God, that I wish I was four years older, but um, that's that's besides the point. Um, no, yeah. I, I I joke with Doug about it all the time that I made him an All American. You know, I'm taking all credit for that as senior year. Um, yeah, mind you, he was a two time All American before he showed up. But okay. Chill, chill, chill. <laughs> Not everybody in the world knows that. All right. Um, no, but it was it was such a good learning experience, man. You know, like. Coming in, like, Mac and I had the, the, the talk, like, Doug might not come back, dude. Like, you're going to be thrown into the fire. Like, you're going to figure it out. And I'm like, I'm all in. Let's go. And, you know, when Doug came back, it was a huge blow to me because I'm like, well, I'm not going to play behind a three, a two-time All-American at the time. So, I'm like, yeah. you know, Mac and I talked, and we're like, redshirt is probably the best call. You know, would you rather play a couple minutes at 18 years old or would you rather play 25 minutes at 22 22- uh, be 23 years old 23 years mm-hmm. old um and i i thought it was the best decision you know being a grown man you know my senior year really helped me against some of those younger guys that we played against um so mm-hmm. it was ultimately a good call you know did it it was absolute hell a lot of the time because you got people mm-hmm. like god bless their soul i have the best relationship with coach lutz and d rock because of it but Man, I mean, some of the things they made us do was just silly. Like they, I, they got after you a little bit. Oh my god, dude! I've so <laughs> I've I've ran into Lutz and and D Rock a couple times now, and yeah. I we were sitting around at Johnny McHugh's wedding, and Lutz was just we were just shooting the shit. Jeff was there, and we we're like, "Where do you come up with your red shirt workouts?" And he's like, "Ah, it's just some things that come to me." I was like, "Yeah, chasing people around the court, dribbling two basketballs, playing grown man tag, and if you don't catch them, you keep going." Like that makes a lot of sense. That's on YouTube. Like what? <laughs> like just some of the stuff we did was just outrageous. Hey, but Toby, there's a method to the madness, brother. Don't ever, don't ever, trust don't ever question Lutz, bro. Trust don't the process. <laughs> the best part is though, is like we yeah. have that relationship now that I can question them. And I'm like, back right. then, I I kept my mouth shut. I'm like, bro, mm-hmm. I coach. I'll do. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I will do it. Yes, w- sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I will say this, though, about those Coach Lutz workouts. If it didn't teach you toughness, I don't know what would. Because, like, he just mm-hmm. physically challenged you to a point where, like, mentally you just had to get over the mm-hmm. fact that you're going to be absolutely exhausted, but you still have to do the work. So there is a method to the madness, and I understand it now. Believe me, you and I probably are in the same situation. Yeah. Hindsight is twenty twenty. You know, looking back on it now, you're like, yeah, that made me a tougher guy. That made me a better player. But, like, as you're going through, you're like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? <laughs> Bro, that, that, the what the fuck quote yeah. come into your, it came into your head every time. Hey, coach, we yeah. have a retro workout today because it's game day. Yep. What the yep. fuck? <laughs> right. <laughs> but here's what I will say I will accept no Lutz slander on this podcast of mine. Uh, obviously, he's a head coach now. Uh, he's going to do great things, I'm sure of it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, it is tough. I, I witnessed it. I, I can't say I necessarily went through it all. I, I had some off season workouts with him where it was very challenging, but those retro workouts, I saw what you guys were going through and 
The worst. Uh, is pity the right word to use in that the, situation? The, the worst part is like, like I was cool with it. We were doing workouts and stuff, and we would do it before the games and stuff. The mm-hmm. worst part is, is when you mother. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. what I'm doing. When you guys would come yeah. out of the freaking locker rooms while you're sitting there drinking your Gatorades and chilling and would sit there and watch us and just fucking heckle us the entire time. And I was just like. <laughs> Had to be done, Toby. Yeah. Had to be done. I'm sorry, Mental brother. toughness. <laughs> Mental toughness is built was built that day, but no, it was, I will never slander any of the coaches, whether you go from, you know, sellers who moved on to the Lutzes, to the D-Rots, to the Murphs, Mm -hmm. to to even the Gordies of the world. I would never say anything. I'll give them a hard time, but I would never say anything about them because I I respect them all way too much. Of course. You talked about some of the injuries that you have to deal with uh, throughout your career. We talked in the open about Sharif Mitchell kind of dealing with some of that uh, early to start the year. Uh, some of those injuries you're able to play through, some of them kind of sat you out for a, a little bit of time. How tough is it going through, you know, such situations? Because a guy like myself, knock on wood, that, uh, you know, I, I had a, I haven't had too many injuries in my career that sat me out. But how yeah. tough is it to be going through that situation where, like I said already, you're so competitive. You really want to be out there. You want to do whatever you can to help your team. But sometimes you get sidelined for those injuries and it just kind of throws you you know, out of the rotation or, you know, kind of throws you off your game for a little bit. I think uh, a lot of the the Lutz workouts, the mental toughness portion of injuries, you know, you know, like you said, Lutz built mental toughness, but I don't care what you can talk to anybody who he's coached. He's coached you mm-hmm. how to be mentally tough. And mm-hmm. what helped me through a lot of those situations is mentally, you're like, my team's moving on They're leaving me behind. You know, there's, there's just, it's a mental battle that a lot of people don't understand because they're not Mm -hmm. in those shoes. And, you know, I I could straight out tell you that I would say more than 50% of my career, I was in a boot. There's no doubt in my mind about it. Um, Mm -hmm. I think my junior and senior year, I was in a boot probably five days a week. Um, And that's just kind of how it was. I mean, it just, it's, you, you fight through things that you can, and if you can't, you, you figure it out. I mean, there was a time my senior year where I was doing the, you obviously were never there for the Cole Huff knee issues and stuff like that, but I was on mm-hmm. a kind of similar regimen of his where I would lift and stuff, but I'd only practice an hour a day because if I went more than right. an hour a day, my ankles the next day were shot. So like I would sit there and I'd watch the guys go through the shooting and the, the, the shell drills and, you know, the stuff that I knew how to do. Um, mm-hmm. And I would jump in when it came to like four on four or five on five stuff to, cause obviously chemistry is an important thing, but my entire senior year was that way. And when it came to fighting through the injuries and, you know, I got shot up with lidocaine and um, I mean, every game day, I mean, I don't, Mm -hmm. you can ask any coach about it. I feel like they'd be honest about it. Um, You can even ask Katie Greer, who was my surgeon. Um, She's the one that did it 90% of the time. I mean, it's for me to play basketball my senior year, I needed to fight through probably some of the most excruciating pain. And then, you know, you add that, you add all that stuff going on and then uh, kind of going into, I assume, a next topic. Um, But then you add my mom getting breast cancer, you know, going into Mm -hmm. my senior year, going into February, like, you're like, I've been throwing curveballs. You know, I, I rolled my left ankle. I was about to, I was about to give Patton from Northwestern buckets all night long. That's just the Mm -hmm. best attitude I had. I I had the first five points of the game or whatever. And then I ended up rolling my left ankle and, you know, I sat a couple games and, you know, I, I fought through it. I'm like, I'm like, this is my freaking senior year. I'm not sitting out. We're going to freaking Gonzaga. I'm not missing out on that game. We got Nebraska the next week. I don't care if mm-hmm. I play four minutes. I don't care if I play 30 <laughs> minutes. I'm fighting through it. And and that's right. ultimately what I did for the entire time until, you know, mom kind of came up to me. Well, it was kind of crazy, actually. It was the pink out game. Um, you know, uh, Peyton, Peyton, my my now wife, um, brought me over to the hotel after the game. And I sat down in mom's room and she was crying. And I'm like, I'm like, we just won. We had a great time. Like what happened? And she told me and I just, I just fell to the floor and I'm just mm-hmm. like, what does this mean? You know, like I I'm, I'm trying to show you try to be the tough guy in a lot of situations. I mean, that's what men do. They try to, to not show weakness. And I feel like at that moment, I just was, I was weak. 
And I had yeah. to, after conversations with Mac and I had to be tough. I had to show mom that, Hey, don't worry about me, get healthy. I'll fight through what I got to do here. Um, but you know, she told me that I met with coach Mac who knew Mac knew like weeks before I did. And mm-hmm. they just, nobody wanted to tell me because she had surgery like a week after that game. And nobody wanted to tell me because they didn't want me to be just not there. And, you yeah. know, Mac and sat down with Mac. He's like, I'll fly you home. Like, no doubt about it. I'll fly you home. You can be there for the surgery, stay with her for a day, and then come back and we'll take care of business the rest of the year. And you can worry about, you know, that moving forward, just be there for her kind of thing. And, you know, mm-hmm. Mac was, Mac was my rock in that situation. Like he is for most of us um, when we're going through some things and, you know, I, my relationship with Mac was, you know, freshman, sophomore year, I feel like we were button heads, you know, junior year, senior year, we, we kind of developed that relationship where we respected one another. And, you know, and, and to this day, like it's a, it's a joke, but he always goes and hugs my wife before he comes and says hi to me because she's, <laughs> she's the one that tried to keep me healthy and, and through all that and keep me sane. Mm-hmm. And so he respects her for that. And, but it's just, it was a crazy senior year injuries and everything. Like I know what Sharif's going through to the extreme. And I hope, I hope I pray a lot of days that, that no athletes have to go through what I did because, you know, I was fighting injuries when I was there my freshman year. I mean, it was, my ankles just were just how my ankles were. So yeah. I, I I pray that he's young, that he'll get over this and, and that nobody has to endure anything that I had to go through for sure. Definitely wanted to get into that subject with, you know, you finding out about your mom's breast cancer. Uh, first, I definitely have to ask you, you know, Coach Mack, having gone through that situation with Tree, uh, do you think, obviously, him having gone through that situation, understanding the mental toll that it could take on an individual, uh, helped you in that situation? Or would you have rather have known, you know, a little bit beforehand when it happened? Obviously, your mother tells him. They both mutually decide it's probably not best to tell Toby right now before finally your mother telling you in the hotel room, like you just mentioned, would you have rather had known at the point looking back on it? Or do you think that it was probably better because of where you were at that stage in your life for them to do it that way? I was playing good basketball at that point too. So I think Mm -hmm. a lot of that might've had to do with it. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I'm, I'm almost grateful that they waited because the, the pink out game was always a huge ordeal for me personally. For all, for all of us. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people. I mean, my, my grandma died. It's almost been 11 years now um, Mm -hmm. due to, it wasn't breast cancer, but it was due to cancer. Um, So that would always hit home for me for that game. And my mom never missed it. My grandfather who was married to that grandmother um mm-hmm. he is still alive uh, 87 actually um but he would always come to those games just because of the significance, the significance of, it. of it yeah exactly so I, I respect their decision to not tell me at the time because you know again it, my whole family was there for that game I think they all conversated and said hey we all need to be there because this is what I'm going to tell Toby kind of thing mm-hmm. so my family was there. Peyton's family was there. You know, I had a ton of shoulders to, to lean on and, and I, you know, I know, you know, P, um, but she, she was, she was a huge portion of me staying sane during that time. There's no doubt about it. Cause you know, there was times where, where she would start to like, I don't know if it was two weeks or three weeks before that game that she found out, but she was like, after my mom told me like Peyton and I went back to our apartment or her apartment and she was like, I've been keeping the secret for three weeks and just started crying and all the, just yeah. finally let the emotions out. So it was kind of mutual where I would let my emotion, she would. So it, it was good to have her around, but mm-hmm. with Mac and tree, I mean, tree came up to me and reached out and, you know, like I said, Mac was Mac's Mac's a very humble and understanding guy. And a lot of people don't see that. Um, because mm-hmm. he's the head coach. His job is to win basketball games. If you don't win basketball games, they don't want you. Out of a job, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, looking past the coach portion of Mac and looking more at the dad figure and the mentor figure of Mac, and, and I know you know this because you you love him as much as the rest of us do, but, you know, God bless his soul for, for him being there for me in that moment because, you know, there's a lot of coaches that wouldn't do that. I believe, and a lot of coaches that want to flown me back for the surgery. There's, they're just, I don't think that would have happened. So, this leads me to our first Twitter question of the day from Marianne McDonald on Twitter. 
how is Mama Hegner doing? Is she is she doing fine? Is she okay? Is everything going well? How how is she? Mama Hegner's good. She's good. She's yeah. she's in her mission. Um, I, I want to say this is the last year she has to take her her pill to help prevent stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, she's she's healthy. She's actually been mostly retired since the whole ordeal. Um, you know, so my dad's held a big portion of, of working and all that stuff. And, but she's been kind of staying low and, and all that, but mama Hegner's good. She's got three grandchildren now begging me and P for more. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so, um, she's, she's doing, she's doing, she's doing just fine. So no yeah. worries on, on the Hegner home front. There's no doubt about that. Um, obviously it yeah. was a scary situation, but, but we're as good as can be. That's always good to hear. I want to go back a little bit to your junior year, uh, beating Wisconsin at home. I think they were number nine in the nation, if I uh, remember correctly. How good of a feeling is it for a Wisconsin kid to beat Wisconsin at home as a now member of a Big East team when he was a Valley recruit to begin with? So the Wisconsin team was nuts. <laughs> nuts. And like I played like 20 minutes that game. I only had mm-hmm. one. Sh- I only had three points, but defensively I was kind of just everywhere. And you know, I, I was doing the right thing. So, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't have a huge impact that game. So when everybody asked me, they're like, "Like, how was the game?" And I'm like, well, "I had three points." And then I'm like, "Oh, but I, you know, I did all these other things." But no, the Wisconsin game was nuts because Nigel Hayes was there when I was getting recruited. Bronson mm-hmm. Koenig. I played against Bronson my entire life in AU. Uh, you know, Sam Decker obviously wasn't there, but Zach Showalter was, you know, just a lot of the dudes that I grew up playing against um, mm-hmm. were there. So it just, it hit home when I was like, and a lot of my high school buddies, you know, screw them, fuck them. Right. <laughs> um, they're a bunch of Badger fans. So they were all texting Toby me coming in with the sauce today. Tell me how you really felt with Johnson, boy. Man, it was, I was frustrated. They're like, oh, we're, we're Creighton fans when you aren't playing Badgers. And they're like right. all rooting for the Badgers. So I was like, God, if we don't win this game, I'm not going home. I'm not, I'm not, right. I'm not doing it. I'm staying Omaha, Omaha. Home. <laughs> yeah. home. Um, but we ended up winning and I, I can tell you when I went back for Christmas, I was talking that smack. Mm-hmm. No doubt. I don't uh, even care if I, had points if I had 30 points, I was, I was, yeah. I was in it, but no, it was, the Wisconsin game was great. You know, Greg guard is a, was a really good, um, not necessarily friend of mine, but he is not, not now. Um, mm-hmm. but he, uh, he recruited me a little bit and all that stuff. So it was, it was good. We ended up playing in Kansas city, my senior year, and they were there. Um, in the Hall of Fame classic tournament or whatever mm-hmm. it's called. And we didn't play them, but we, we, you know, we were at the same hotels and, you know, meet and greets and all that stuff. So, like, catching up with them, I was giving it to Greg Gard hard that night, just saying, what's up, coach? You know, round two. Yeah. I was hurt at the time, too, which is horse – Oh, I'm so pissed, but I'm happy we didn't play yeah. him. But I was talking that smack on crutches, you know, like, what's up, coach? <laughs> like, you want you want a rematch kind of thing? 2-0? and oh, I'm not, right. you know, just giving him a hard time, but – you know, it was. I mean, it was, my it was, my team beat him in Vegas for that. I was there. Uh, I was there. Invitational, or whatever. So, I mean, we we got a pretty good thing going against our Wisconsin team, if oh, I do say so myself. <laughs> I was actually there. That was the first time. Um, well, I knew Zach Hansen, but that was the first time we all got to like hang out and watch y'all play and stuff. And right, that was a great game. I remember. I don't remember it in detail, but I remember it was a lot of fun. I just remember Gregory Chinike. No one wanted a piece of him down there in the post. I remember that guy's just moving out the way. Greg. And then obviously Doug being Doug and Ethan. Actually, if I remember correctly, I was thinking that Ethan just started splashing mm-hmm. from three two. So yeah. Greg, what Greg were you about was, to say about Echenique? Bro, like I, I know Greg from passing and stuff. Like, you know, I've mm-hmm. never touched him, never kind of been that kind of relationship. But you know, we always say what's up when we run into each other, but that dude is a big dude. Like, ah, yeah. <laughs> there's no like. I played against a bunch of big dudes in my career. Like, there's a kid from Xavier. I can't even think of his name. And then mm-hmm. there's obviously Georgetown. Always had big dudes like Dovan and stuff. But like, I would never, ever, mm-hmm. want to put my cards up against Greg. No doubt in my mind. Try try being an incoming freshman weighing 165 pounds and getting hit by a screen from that guy. That was my experience with Greg when I first ever met him during my visit when we played pickup. 
Yeah. Golly. And at that time, that's when he was coming from Rutgers. He was transferring in. He had to sit out. So he had gained a whole bunch of weight. He told me at that point he was weighing around like 290, almost 300 pounds when he was playing when I was on my visit. So, yeah, man, Greg, Greg is uh, he's, he's not someone you want to deal with, Donna. That's no. why he's making what he's making all over the world right now. So. Yes, he is. Yes, he shout, is. It's a good dude to, to have you, in your Greg. corner. Yeah. Yeah. Shouts out to you, Greg. We love you, bro. But please stop sending screens on me, man. Please. Nobody, <laughs> Begging you. Nobody likes to run into a brick wall, Greg. God. Yeah, absolutely not. Oh, the next uh, Twitter question comes from Sam Norland. His question is, what is your most memorable moment and why is it the dunk versus Nebraska? <laughs> so I think we already know. We no. talked about the Wisconsin game. I feel like he felt very fondly about that. But I think those moments against a rival team, kind of a little bit unexpected, you know, coming from mm-hmm. you with dealing with all the injuries. You mentioned in the open that you couldn't jump over a phone book. So how does that feel like to know that you're in Pinnacle Bank dunking over the in-state rivals man the worst part is i caught two bodies on that putback and i can't mm-hmm. find a picture of it anywhere because <laughs> i want to it did you dirty that that i know i know there was 15 freaking people taking photographs that night and they were all yeah. sitting there and i know for a fact uh-huh. somebody had them and they just deleted them um they did but, you dirty bro but that was that was kind of out of the ordinary, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I th- I believe my fall into early winter of my junior year was my best basketball. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was coming off the bench with Isaiah. You know, we were just a deep team that year. Like we, yeah. you know, before Wap gets hurt, you, you're talking Final Four. I mean, just with how deep we are with bringing Zach Hansons, the the Isaiah Zierdens, the Toby Heidners off the bench, who've all have starting. Mm-hmm potential and experience you know like I believe it was my best basketball and I was playing my healthiest and then obviously I rolled another ankle and all that freaking fun stuff but um mm-hmm. the dunks against Nebraska I it just there's I have a tweet every time we play Nebraska it's just it's yearly now you know it's just it's a gift yeah. that that one of the I, everybody's seen it it's a gift yeah. from one of the Creighton guys that made it, it you know it's it's just ruin it's I think it says something about like ruin a hustle ruin and uh, yeah, yeah. I, I've definitely seen that is that's the like we're going into the Christmas season that's the gift that keeps on giving right there oh every God, single bro. year we're able to watch just that clip. Oh my God. <laughs> it's just like it's I haven't played this is like going on four years now or yeah yeah, four years. No, now. More than that. Play. Wait. No, yeah, I guess four years. Yeah. yeah, it's going on five next year or next season. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. But um, so you're talking, you know, people still remember four years later. So it's mm-hmm. I'm I'm just gonna keep giving the gift until I'm old and retired and be like nice telling my kids like that was me back in the day what's up kind of thing but do your um, AU kids look at that and be like there's no way that's coach like that's gotta be Photoshop. <laughs> They the, 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 the weird part is, is like, I don't know if you know this now, but like 14, so I coach, they're now 15 year olds, um, but I had 14s last year and, um, you know, kids don't like texting. Like, you know, we always had a group chat, like a group by message. Mm-hmm. Um, kids are about Snapchat. So like they oh. all took it from Twitter and put it on Snapchat and then sent it to me and mm-hmm. said, no way, no way this was you. You said you're a shooter in college. <laughs> You have no bounce and like right i think the the next day it was we had a practice or something like a month later or something and we did do you remember the cavalier finishing drill dude you know where you yeah of up? course oh my god in the free throw line extended yep. and you just toss them yep. to one of the guys yeah. so so we were i brought that drill into play on one of the practices and i started i started practicing with the kids to teach them you know a little bit more toughness like you aren't the biggest kid in the gym but you need to learn how to play against the, way. in the gym. Yeah. And um, so we were doing that drill and they were just talking smack about my bounce. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I had my ankle braces on, I had my shoes tied and I'm like, coach, I had my assistant come in and start tossing the ball. And I'm like, all right, let's go. So the first yeah. couple, you know, I, I did the layups and stuff, but there is this one kid and his name was RJ. He was talking mad smack. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, I told coach to give it to me. I was on the left wing. And um, I told him to give it to me and he gave it to me. I took one dribble and I just went over him and I just tomahawked it on him and he yeah. just fell to the ground and immediately <laughs> just, you just felt the gym just go quiet. And they were like, all right, coach, we're not going to talk about your, your bounce anymore. So yep. Me dunking on a 14 year old, uh, 
is now the yeah. Highlight. I was about to say, Toby, are, how do you feel proud? Do you <laughs> is this pride being able to duck over a fourteen-year-old? It's not pride, Jay. Pride? Proving a point. I'm proving a freaking point. It's the principle. <laughs> Sometimes the you gotta let these kids know nowadays. Oh, I I agree. I totally agree. I'm not against it. I'm just saying. In, in, in they are 14. I mean, you know what I mean. Like that. That's all that I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But me and him yeah. have the best relationship because of it. Now I like to give him a hard time about it. He gives me a hard time yeah. about it. So it's it's good. Of course. Um, but the man, the the dunks at Nebraska are are always going to be kind of that moment. But, you know, looking back at it, I've had so many good ones. You talked about the Oklahoma game my freshman year, you know, being down Mm -hmm. 22, coming back to beat Buddy Heald. And I think it was Isaiah Thomas. And, you know, there's just a bunch of of hoopers on that team. You know, I – I did get the beer dumped on my head. So I kind of like to not yeah. say that, you know, the whole nine, <laughs> 10 situation. Um, I, I, I did want to ask you how difficult was it to kind of play the rest of that game with that beer smell? Because like for those of us who drink beer, you know, beer can kind of, kind of have like it's, that potent smell. Mm-hmm. It was horrible, dude. Like yeah. I, you add beer and then you add sweat. Yeah. It yeah. is just not a mixture that anybody wants think- to deal with. I think you were going through your long hair phase at the time, if I'm not was, mistaken. Yeah. You were, oh god, <laughs> I was, I was. My freshman, <laughs> sophomore year, I was, I was rocking. Yeah, even a little bit of my junior year, I was rocking, rocking long mm-hmm. hair. Um, but yeah, it was, it was all types of. I was so frustrated. You know, you watch the video, you see me smack the floor, and just the beer just yeah. off the ground, and it's just like, it was so frustrating. And then like, I went to the shower, and like, you're sitting there, and you're scrubbing yourself, and like. Bro, I smell like beer for like I'm at least 48 hours. Like it was just horrible. Yeah. But That's I, bad. I, nobody wanted to guard me. I put up 17 that game. So what's up? Easy. <laughs> Tell him, Tobes. Nope. Nobody Easy wanted to buddy. guard somebody that smelled like shit. So <laughs> but no, before I mean, I... go ahead. No, no, I finished that story. So, you know, going back to the Oklahoma game, you know, mm-hmm. then you go to the, the Wisconsin games, you go to the Villanova number one, you know, we were the last team to beat Villanova that year. Um, so, you know, like as much as I want to pride that they won the national championships, like what's up, we beat you last. So suck it, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. But um, there are so many good moments like playing at Gonzaga was, you know, I only played 15 minutes, but I, you know, I made a couple shots. I was probably at like 60%. Um, you know, but, you know, playing there was sick, you know, playing at all these NBA arenas, you know, there's just so many good memories about, about my entire career. I can't even explain them all. Um, bro, you are so perfect as setting me up with segues because there are some questions that I always ask guests and we're about to get into it before I let you go. Favorite place to play in the big East. Let's hear it. Um, I would say the most challenging place to play was at providence yeah the worst the worst part about providence fans and there's Mm -hmm. no no knock to providence no knock to cooley cooley's a cool dude we always got dinner Mm -hmm. with cooley the day before the game so i i don't i mean him and mac are always chill um yeah but like providence fans i don't know if you noticed this because you only played one year but playing five years there you kind of notice things providence fans don't root for providence they root against you Right. Okay, I got they don't, you. They don't <laughs> That's care. That's a major difference. They, yeah. They, yeah, exactly. Like there was, I think my wife, my now wife was sitting there with her dad for a game and they were like, these guys are just freaking rude. Like they're ruthless. Yeah. They're just, they were going at, I don't remember who they were going at, but they were going at somebody on the bench and mm-hmm. Peyton was just like trying to keep her mouth shut. Cause you're in, you know, you're at Providence. Like you don't want to yeah, see you're in enemy territory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Providence was like the worst place to play um, because of the, cha- it was just challenging, you know, it was hard to win there, but I, you know, I had a, my, it's so tough, dude. Cause like you talk about the rivalry between Xavier, that's always a fun atmosphere. It was always a game around my birthday too. So it was always important, but Georgetown was always really cool because um, I don't, do we do it your senior year where we went and took kind of a tour and like did that portion yeah. like uh, in Washington DC. Yeah, yeah, so like I still have I, like my Dropbox is full of pictures of like yeah. that day. Every once in a while, I'll go back and I'll look at all the monuments yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. So like outside of basketball, like Georgetown, <clears throat> cool. 
school and and stuff like that. But you know, looking back at it, I never played well at Hinkle. I I, I don't think. I mean, I'd have to go back and look statistically, but I don't mm-hmm. think I ever played well at Hinkle. But bro, you know, everybody grows up watching Hoosiers. Who's a Hooper? To to be inside of a historical place that not founded basketball, but was important to the growth of the game. Mm-hmm is overlooked first off, but it's just, it's, it's, it's breathtaking, you know, like it's, it's this raggedy old gym. Like that's what it is, but you walk. It's so cool it, though. You know, you walk, <laughs> I can't tell you like, you know, I walked into it five times every mm-hmm. time I walked into it with chills. That's just what, yeah. that's just a gym that gives you that is, is ultimately gotta be your favorite place to play outside of uh C-Link, which is now CH. Of course. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's needless to be said. That's why I didn't exactly. even think about bringing yeah. up Omaha, but exactly. uh, favorite college basketball player growing up. Oh man, that's tough. Putting you on the spot here. Hey, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> no, no, I'll take it. Yeah. In honest, all seriousness, no. Honestly, you know, growing up, the the my aspirations of playing collegiate basketball grew as I grew um mm-hmm. but I didn't watch you know a lot of basketball outside of Wisconsin games um you know I I always wanted to play collegiate basketball but you know you you watch the Duke North Carolina is you you watch the the a uh, lot of the Badger you know you just watch some of the like the Kentuckys you watch a lot of those mm-hmm. games when you're growing up but like obviously Missouri Valley teams you aren't watching and stuff like that so I couldn't really tell you who was who was my guy growing up I, I couldn't um I, I honestly couldn't tell you like nobody truly can pop into my head at the moment which is crazy to think about but I'm being that that is surreal. a little that's a little insane to think about because I mean you could tell, especially where the game was heading towards, you took, it feels as if you took your inspiration from a few different people, you know, a year height at your size was going to step out and shoot three. I would think that you'd have at least one person in mind, but it's just kind well, of crazy. I mean, like that. you have, you have the Dirks of the world and mm-hmm. like, I was a huge Dirk fan. Like I loved mm-hmm. the, the, the fadeaway. I loved his jumper. He, you know, he wasn't the fastest person in the world, kind of like your boy. And yeah. He couldn't jump led your boy um mm-hmm. but you know he, he just he just had a, a smoothness to his game and you know a lot of that a lot of my passion came not from him but i inspired to kind of be that guy um you gotcha. know like obviously end goal was always to play in the nba and play professionally which i had a lot of opportunities to do both or at least have an opportunity to do um mm-hmm. but um I, I i would definitely say that that dirk was kind of my guy growing up Favorite restaurant in Omaha? Ooh, I'm putting you on the spot, bro. I'm bro, sorry. I should have so I, I gave you, so, you a heads up. So the worst part about – so, like, I moved from Berlin, like I told you, 5,000 mm-hmm. people. You go to Omaha, million of people, some of the best food – like yeah, you you throw Omaha. Omaha is America's best kept secret, man. I oh keep my telling God. my like yes. American teammates that here, but yes. they don't get it yes. until you come. You don't know. <laughs> you throw you throw a stone. You're hitting a hole in the wall. You know you're hitting yeah. a um. Gosh, there's so many. Like Eleavenworth Cafe is so good. You talk about three happiness. Oh, R.I.P. Eleavenworth Cafe. Yeah, I know it's sad. Yeah. Um, but you're talking about what's the what's the breakfast joint over by campus? Um, uh, Lisa's Lisa's Radio. Yes, Lisa. I, talking... I think that one might be out too. Damn, a lot of our favorite spot oh might have gone under. Yeah. But I would say my favorite restaurant to go is kind of a place where me and me and my now wife went a lot, kind of in our dating portion. But we went to Pitch Pizza um you know okay. the old wood yeah. fire pizza is always so good but you know what's you you want to know a hidden secret the rosemary garlic wings slap <laughs> i don't care what anybody says they are possibly the best chicken wings i've ever had in my life i just i just had to look it up lisa's radio is still alive and well thank god <laughs> We're good. Bro, when you did a pancake, excuse yeah. my excuse my my camera being so close, but you had a pancake the size of a plate, and like, you know it's a good yeah. place to eat. So you already know. You already know. But I would say pitch pizza is my favorite just because 
there's a lot of personal memories there, but the food was yeah. always good. Always. Good. Low, you know what? Low key. I kind of like that. I'm a, I'm a big Drover guy myself. I've said that over and over again on this mm. podcast. I'm waiting for them to sponsor me as much as I've said <laughs> it, but yeah, no, I mean, you can't go wrong with pitch. Pitch is dope no. for sure. We ate at a lot Dude. of, like you talked about like Johnny's steakhouse. You talk about, mm-hmm. we've ate at a lot of places in Omaha, but you know, it's something about the atmosphere pitch and, and just you walk I mean, you walk to any of the two locations. I don't, I think there might be two still, um, but you walk to either location. They're freaking packed every night. Right. No, every right? night. And that's, there's a reason they're packed every night. So yeah. I would have to say pitch. Dude. Thank you so much for taking a little bit of time out of your day to step into the J with me. You already know, bro. Oh, it's not the I physical J like we used to do, but this is about as good as it gets. RIP right, to the J. <laughs> Bro, Toby, thank you so much, bro. I appreciate you. Uh, the rest of you guys listening, make sure to like and subscribe to the Field of 68 Media Network for more Always. content such as this. I'm your host, Jahans Managa, a.k.a. 12. This was my guest, Toby, a.k.a. Tobias Hegner. Any last words that you want to say to Jays fans while they're listening to you right now? Go Jays, baby. Let it fly. As always, go As Jays. Always. You already know what it is. Appreciate you guys. Stay safe. Keep listening, and I'll keep talking. Take care, everyone. (laughs) 